Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason DeFilippo, discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. Welcome to GOG. I'm Jason D with my co-conspirator. <laughs> Brian Schulmeister. Brian Schulmeister. <laughs> Come on, you got to rhyme. You got to rhyme. It's early morning here. Lots of caffeine. Yeah, not enough caffeine for... <laughs> Yo MTV gripes, <laughs> whatever the hell we're doing. Uh, how are you doing? I'm doing good, doing good. Waiting for my second shot coming up. I soon. know we're getting we're we're all getting close, and um, you know, throughout the year plus that we've been recording podcasts during the pandemic, uh, we've talked about like the mood swings, the up and down, and all that. And I was on a bit of a high. Then comes the low. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm not feeling good right now, I gotta say, even though, you know, theoretically there's a there's an endpoint in sight, but we're slowly watching numbers inch up incrementally, even here in California, where we're doing relatively well. And uh, you know, obviously there are countries that have done very well. Israel, South Korea, Australia, New Zealand. And then you got Florida. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> See, I haven't I I've completely stopped watching now. I'm just well. Like, I, I, I'm jealous of you because uh, there is some some news here. We've we've got the South African variant has uh, seemed to have found its way around the Pfizer shot. Okay, so the foot race is on. Go get jabbed, idiots! Yeah, yeah. Get it while you can, <laughs> while yep. it works. Get it while you can. Get it while it works. Um, <clears throat> got a little bit of follow up. Uh, we talked last week about how Google had planned to open up their offices. Uh, was it Amazon as well? I can't remember the. Other yeah, Amazon company. was making people go back, and Google was spending over seven billion on new uh, new offices and data centers. Yeah. Well, this article is called "I Do Not Trust People in the Same Way," and I don't think I ever will again. Which I thought at first was a Smith song that had <laughs> never been released. Yeah. But uh, apparently it's not. Uh, this is an article over on uh, Slate uh, written by Allison Green, who has been fielding work workplace questions for over a decade on her website, Ask a Manager. And uh, yeah, talking about how initiatives, reopening initiatives are gathering steam. And she's been getting a lot of people writing in going, I'm not so sure about this. A lot of people are actually even wondering whether they should tell their employers if they've been vaccinated, since they fear that knowledge will be used to compel them to return to work. Join us. <laughs> yes. Part of the problem, she says, is timing. It's one thing to plan on reopening in the late summer, but employees are talking about bringing everybody back in in May or June and ignoring that it's highly unlikely we'll have reached herd immunity by then. And here's the big sticking point, which I always tell people who are talking to me about, oh, wow, you're, you're on the path to get vaccinated. It's about to be really normal for you again. No, because kids aren't getting vaccinated yet. We don't have one yet. And yeah. if you're a parent... That means your life ain't changing all that much. <laughs> nope. And you certainly don't want to go back into an office. Um, so, yeah. And uh, I love this. Uh, this is just you and I to a T. Workers have also seen over the past year that even when employers claim they'll implement safety measures, the reality is often very different. Oh, yeah. No, no yes. doubt about that. I was completely lied to on a job. They're like, oh, we're <laughs> going to be testing everybody. It's going to be, you know, clean room. I get there, talk to some of the people. They're like, nobody talked to us about getting tested. I'm like, great. See you later. I'm out. Yep. Yeah. Social distancing requirements will often go unenforced. Many people report colleagues going unmasked without any consequences. So yes, people are uh, quite skeptical about this. There's also the fact that some people have just started to enjoy working from home and like the flexibility. Now, that's a that's a rich white person problem in general, because uh, we have the space and uh, all the uh, accoutrement that we need to make it worthwhile and, and good. And obviously, it only works for certain jobs. 
And uh, But as she points out, the real problem, I suspect, is in the past year, we've experienced a massive loss of trust in our institutions and in one another. Well, I got to say, once again, we're ahead of the curve on that, because that's yeah. been my life since I was about 12. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, certainly Nothing in just new. the last few months, uh, even here in Santa Monica, which I have to say, in general, people have been very good about following social distancing, wearing masks and all that. Uh, I went out for a little walk yesterday. Um, people don't even have masks on them anymore, much less the rudeness of just having it uh, put around their neck or whatever. So, yeah, uh, we, we seem to have... Uh, we seem to have uh, dropped trow pretty quick, <laughs> and uh, we're we're flailing in the wind here. So, uh, and I just really like this last one. This person who wrote to me speaks for a lot of others. I do not trust people or institutions in the same way, and I don't think I ever will again. Even as we go back to normal, and since much of the world is not vaccinated, it's not even close to over yet. I will not forget how our societies treated vulnerable people and essential workers as expendable minorities as scapegoats, facts, and public health as suggestions or lies. Amen, brother. Way to start on an upside. <laughs> on the other hand of things, uh, Uber says March was its biggest month ever. So things are returning to normal for ride-hailing companies like Uber. According to the Wall Street Journal, their mobility business, which includes ride-hailing bookings, has had its best month since March of 2020, when the pandemic first hit in the U.S. Yeah, correct me if I'm wrong here. Uh, mm. Didn't we see news last week that Uber can't even find drivers, so they're dumping another $250 million into incentives to get people back in the cars? Well, interesting you mentioned that because people were questioning the timing of this news release because they're not scheduled to report its quarterly earnings in early May. But talking about record-breaking months could help up its stock price, of course, and also help the company get more drivers and delivery people back on the road as demand likely continues to ramp up. Okay, so it's bullshit. Yeah. Or probably bullshit. Probably. Suspected well, bullshit. I guess we have to say alleged bullshit. <laughs> well, I think everybody is well aware of our stance on statistics here. Uh, that's true. That is true. <laughs> yes. And of course, they have to end the article with uh, my feeling. That is, of course, assuming the coronavirus infections don't continue to rise rapidly yet again, which they probably will. In the news... Drop-down menus on online forms. They could be the death of us. <laughs> now, that's a hell of a way to start an article. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> on Thursday, journalist and programmer Dan Nguyen pointed out a darkly comic incident report connected to a flight over the summer. During the pandemic hiatus, an unnamed airline operator upgraded their system. Oof, that's always not good. Mm -hmm. It helps ensure an accurate load sheet, the document that tabulates estimated weights of passengers, crew, cargo, etc. The problem is the new system included titles and assumed that anyone listed as Miss must be a child. Whoops. I'm not entirely sure what culture does that, but okay. The system allocated them to a child standard weight of 35 kilograms as opposed to the correct female standard weight of 69. Consequently, with 38 females checked in incorrectly and misidentified as children, the takeoff mass from the load sheet was 1,244 kilograms below the actual mass of the aircraft. That's bad. Whoops. <laughs> Luckily, the crew noticed the discrepancy and uh, thought that the number was high but plausible, But they took and they took off, and luckily no one was injured, but it could have gone differently. So mind your programming. Yeah, yeah, this is not good. This is not good at all. <laughs> um, I'm not going to say who I think it probably was, but <laughs> you know my history with outsourced programming on this show. Yes, they did point out that the system programming was not carried out in the UK, and the country where it was performed, the title Miss was used for a child and MS for an adult female, hence the error. Yep. Hmm. So, yeah, I yes. yeah, want to check those things every now and again. 
anyway, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty bad because yeah, if those loads are off, that thing takes off. There's a video of um, a cargo plane leaving Afghanistan that uh, like the the load shifted as it took off and everybody on board died. It was terrible to watch, and it's one of those things that I still can't get out of my head. So they're lucky that wasn't them. Yeah, I remember being on a puddle jumper. I used to do a a lot of flights. Like I would go to Buffalo a lot and there was no direct flight at the time. So I would have to fly into, I can't even remember where, and then basically get on a puddle jumper to get to Buffalo. Mm -hmm. And I remember one flight, they asked a couple people to switch sides of the plane to even it out. And I was like, I got to get off these fucking things. Yeah, they're <laughs> yeah, they go down like five dollar whores. Yes, they do. Yeah, if we've got to shift the weight of one guy that had a few too many buffalo wings the other day, I, I don't know if I want to be on this plane. Yeah, <laughs> seriously, but they're fun. You got to admit they're pretty fun. Yeah, they were. <laughs> yeah, uh, this is interesting. Tesla now has crypto stock token by Binance to buy fractional shares. So now you can buy a you can buy a Tesla with Bitcoin, and now you can buy Tesla with Bitcoin. And it's a zero commission digital token. And the thing about this is it's like, you know, every time I hear Tesla going for Bitcoin, all I can think about is the environmental impact that Bitcoin has on the planet. Hey, bro. I love my Bitcoin, man. It's awesome. There's no problems. Fuck the man. All I can say, I just said uh, the, the Winkle Vi just popped into my head as you were saying that in, in <laughs> synchrony and harmony. Um, yeah, so it's zero, zero commission, but not zero emission is what I was yeah. going to get at. But uh, no, that's, that's good. I'm sorry I stepped on that. That's okay. That's all, it's all good. <laughs> it's all good. Uh, and I, I, when I was thinking about this, I'm like, has Tesla ever said that their mission with the electric car was to actually save the planet? No, I don't think it was it, to make money. It's to make money so we can go to Mars. So <laughs> I'm thinking maybe this Bitcoin thing is just, you know, one of Elon's sinister plans to make the planet uninhabitable so we can get on the Mars Express because that's the only place we can go. All right. I think you might be onto something there. He's, he is an evil villain. So what are you going to do? <laughs> I will continue to invest in my Tesla in the normal manner, not through the... <laughs> The non-zero emission manner. All right. <laughs> and since we were talking about uh, Tesla, Barrett just sent this in a few minutes ago and says, and this is why we can't have nice things. Tesla owners say open butthole and get a little surprise. It seems Tesla added support for a voice command that allows you to access the car's charging port by saying open butthole with the accompanying command close butthole meant to shut the port when you're done charging. Five-year-olds work at Tesla. Yeah. It's just five-year-olds. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Nice. I mean, if you wanted to do it, just do open the pod bay door, Hal. That would have been fine. Yeah. Just even open sesame. <laughs> you know, that would have been good, but open butthole. That's what we get. <laughs> and and you want to get on this guy's uh, his Mars Express. I'm thinking not. Thinking not. I'm not going to fucking Mars. <laughs> I'm not either. Hell, man, I don't even go to Pasadena. <laughs> Uh, so I saw this one, which was pretty interesting. Google's secret Project Bernanke revealed in Texas antitrust case. So this is uh, about the antitrust case about advertising and how Google is basically just uh, you know using their own internal data to win auctions over other competitors yeah. who they had to open mm-hmm. up to, blah, blah, blah. I don't care about that. I couldn't. That's going to play out. That's funny. But I just love this week's filing viewed by the Wall Street Journal wasn't properly redacted when uploaded to the court's public docket. A federal judge let Google refile it under seal. So basically, (laughs) the only reason we know about this is because some clerk somewhere didn't know how to redact properly. 
It's pretty funny. I thought. Yeah, that's pretty funny. I mean, you listen, people, you've got to get your your clerks and your secretaries, uh, got to get them schooled up a little bit. Like, you know, just a reminder for everybody, Microsoft Word keeps all the edits. So, you know, you you need to clear those out before sending out Word documents. In fact, never send out a Word document. Never. Just don't. don't. No. Yeah. And even when you're doing a PDF, you know, doing a black highlight across the, the text oftentimes doesn't work because it's still text underneath and it's just highlighted black. You can still copy and paste everything. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, images. Images are the way to go, people. Let's go back to GIFs. It's the way, way it should always Mint be. Mint an NFT of your document and charge <laughs> yes. them for it. Exactly. <laughs> oh, and I love this. Twitch will act on serious offenses that happen off platform. So now if you are a Twitch celebrity and a Twitter douche, uh, they're going to come after you and say, no, 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 no. You can't do that. So they're going to start following you around, I guess. And seeing if well, I don't think that they're going <laughs> to they're, they're not going to follow you around if it's reported to them that you've done something very bad. Oh, you mean they don't have an AI? it look bad for them to continue to provide a platform, then they will stop doing so. Okay. Okay. Well, we'll see how this goes. But yeah, it's like, it, I, I think it's a good stance to take, personally. Uh, I, I'm 100% on board. I, I don't think that, uh, I don't think anybody should just provide platforms to everybody, I, you know? And these are all publicly traded companies. This is, Twitch is owned by Amazon. Yep. They have a fiduciary responsibility to continue to make me money and putting <laughs> <laughs> and putting uh, whatever that fucking Lo- Logan guy is on their platform when he continues to do really stupid things is not a way to make me money. So knock it off. So that's going to be interesting when you think about it. It's like, okay, I signed up for the terms of service on platform A. I go to platform B, which has a completely different set of terms of services that mm-hmm. that don't doesn't jive, you know, 100% with service A. But if I'm doing something on service B that breaks the service A's terms of service, then service A can kick me off, which is an it's an interesting thought experiment to see how this is going to play out and uh you know, did they change their terms of service to say, hey, you have to abide by these terms of service everywhere you go on the Internet for the rest of your life? Because that's what it, it's kind of what it boils down to. Well, I mean, it, yeah, it does. And it, it is interesting. But at the end of the day, you know, what what do you always say, Jason? You, you don't build your house in somebody else's backyard. Yeah, that's true. These are all backyards, people. All and, backyards. Uh, they can decide that you don't get to play here anymore. Yep. So so spin up your own server and uh, build it yourself. Oh, wait, but your server is going to be on somebody else's backyard. Too, Probably Amazon's. <laughs> Amazon's or Microsoft's or Google's. Yep. Yep. The mm-hmm. old days of just going and buying an e-machine at Fry's and plugging it in. Long gone. Sadly, long gone. Now, but what's not long gone is yet another clubhouse ripoff. My God. Another week, another clubhouse. <laughs> Uh, Facebook is testing Hotline, which is basically a mashup of Clubhouse and Instagram Live. So you can do basically the same thing. But now it has video. Woo! Yay! Two crappy things that are crappy together. (laughs) Exactly. Great. Just what I'm looking for. Does Facebook really feel... they're floundering, man. They're floundering. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Facebook is Facebook has a shelf life at this point, as far as I'm concerned. They're they're going to be fine for another decade or so, but we're going to see influence wane, and at some point there will, believe it or not, not be much of a Facebook left. It'll probably just be an ad engine. 
yeah, and all the kids are gone, man. So it's like, you know, anybody, it's, it's everybody's parents now. Nobody, you know, young wants to be on it. So as these, well, maybe they'll come back as they get older, but they have to age out of Snap and Instagram, even though they still use Instagram, which is technically Facebook, but Facebook proper, you know, is... Yeah. Uh, it's not doing too well, it seems. Well, and they can't innovate, and that's that's the real problem here. Is is Facebook has come up with one thing, and even that was kind of stolen from MySpace. <laughs> exactly. They came up with Facebook, which and was that's stolen it. from Friendster, which was which stolen was stolen from, from Friendster, <laughs> yeah. which was on and on and on and on. So there there is no innovation, and there hasn't been for a very long time over at Facebook, and that's going to be the death of them. Uh, there's only so many times that. Uh, well, right now they basically exist in a monopoly, mm-hmm. and we need some some actual attention being paid to that at some point. And when that happens, I don't know what their business model is anymore, because yeah. right now it's intimidate, uh, imitate, or steal. That's it. That's what they got. Or acquire. Or acquire, yeah. But I think that's one of the things that they were saying that uh, the reason that they're trying to do their own is because everybody is under a microscope right now with antitrust, so uh, acquisitions are – kind of off the table for a lot of these people They're like we yeah. can't acquire do we have any coders left or are you just all ad sales people hey, hey, hey joe <laughs> over there yeah come come here write some code make us a thing make us a thing make us the thing that does that thing yeah my favorite company pinterest is in the news mm. yeah uh, have they, they been sued out of existence for basically flouting copyright across the entire internet no they oh. haven't well Damn. No, no okay. they've actually uh, announced a $500,000 creators fund, a creator code content policy, and new moderation tools. So hold on a second. <laughs> Pinterest doesn't fucking have content. Not their own. Oh, but, but, they, but they do. They okay. do. It's All just, right. yeah, it's, you know, <laughs> you're on the hook for whatever you post up there, but they're, you know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, God, I would like I would like a large chunk of this money to create things by going around the Internet and stealing other people's things. That'd be great. And and yes. And well, first, you got to steal the image. Then you Mm -hmm. have to steal the quote. You have to marry Mm -hmm. the two into a terrible inspirational poster, then post it to Pinterest. That's how it works. It is. You know, it's it's transformative, Brian. It's transformative. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the, uh, the creator code, you have to agree to be kind, check your facts, be aware of triggers, practice inclusion, and do no harm. Nowhere in there does it say don't steal other people's shit. Well, yeah, that would be, there'd be no business model for <laughs> there Pinterest would be no if Pinterest. we had that. <laughs> yeah, that'd be a very short-lived uh, company, but no. Nope. Be aware of triggers. Oh, God. I get triggered by Peter Thiel. How's that? There's my Me trigger. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> he came out saying that China is going to uh, use Bitcoin as a financial weapon against us, which they probably will at some point. But well, I was a, I was about to say, as much as we hate Peter Thiel on this show, and we do, don't get me wrong, we both do, uh, there's always a kernel of truth in the bullshit that he speaks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. You don't get to be that rich without being right a lot of the time. <laughs> but uh, what's not right is the reason, the real reason I put this in here. This comes from finance.yahoo.com, the article that I found. And uh, I'm, I'm reading it. And it goes, Teal made these comments after he expressing worry the Chinese are using Bitcoin to corrode the U.S. financial system. And I'm thinking, hmm, after he expressing worry, sounds like GPT-3 to me. <sighs> Yeah, I think you might be right. I think I caught one. We were wondering where those, you know, 4.5 billion words a day were going. Yahoo. <laughs> or is it it's an oath? 
They still have Yahoo.com, but isn't it Oath now? Or did they already divest that? I can't remember. It's like a hot potato of turds over there. Well, we can go to Yahoo questions and no. oh, wait. No, we can't. <laughs> can't do that anymore either. <laughs> uh, too bad. Well, Alibaba was hit with a $2.8 billion fine in a China antitrust case. Amazing China can do this, but we can't. <laughs> Jack Ma had to look in under the cushions today. <laughs> And it's not insignificant. $2.8 is a bit – I mean, it definitely is going to stretch the coffee budget over there. No, it's not because you know what happened as soon as they paid the fine? The, the stock, stock went up. up. Yep. I know. <laughs> I happen to be a shareholder. Ah, bastard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're going to do just fine on this one. Yeah, I I am. I, you know, I, 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 I will make some money, but I will be sad about it. No, you won't. Well, a little bit. I still feel guilty over Facebook. I got to sell that shit. You still have it? Yeah, it keeps going up. Warmer, sunnier days are calling, and it's time to fuel up with Factors No Prep, No Mess Meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer, thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor Fresh's never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Make today the day that you kickstart a new healthy routine. What are you waiting for? Step into a world of endless culinary delight with over 35 enticing meal options and over 60 tantalizing add-ons refreshed weekly. This May, supercharge your wellness journey with dietitian approved dishes built on ingredients you can count on. Treat your taste buds every day from sunrise to sunset with effortless nutritious choices, spanning from energizing breakfasts to delectable desserts. Indulge in the luxury of restaurant-caliber meals right at home. Savor the sophistication of filet mignon, the freshness of shrimp, and the bold flavors of blackened salmon. Simplify your life with Factor Meals, ready in just two minutes. Say goodbye to grocery runs, tedious prep, and cleanup. I love these things. I can't even tell you what I had this week because I had so many of them. But that's the great thing about Factor. Every week you have new options, and they're delicious. And you can tailor your eating experience with six specialized menu options. Whether you're looking to cut calories, boost protein, go meat-free, or maintain a well-rounded diet, they make it easy to support your lifestyle goals. Tune in to taste, convenience, and wellness with every bite. Head to factormeals.com grumpy50 and use code grumpy50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code grumpy50 at factormeals.com grumpy50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Everyone needs a world-class VPN. Grumpy Old Geeks recommends private internet access to protect your online privacy and identity. Private internet access never keeps any records of their users' online activities, so you can be assured that you have complete privacy and nobody knows what you're doing online. No matter your technical skills, private internet access is one of the easiest VPN apps out there. All it takes to connect is just one click or tap and your data will be encrypted instantly. With just one private internet access VPN subscription, you can connect up to 10 devices at the same time. Go to GOG.show slash VPN and sign up today. For a limited time only, you can get our favorite VPN for just $2.69 a month when you sign up for two years. GOG.show slash VPN. That's GOG.show slash VPN. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? 
or the friends you find along the way. Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Media Candy. So, Brian, I watched some more of Coded Bias on Netflix. I had mentioned it uh, last week, and I was going to check it out because it talks about AI discrimination, AI, Mm -hmm. which is machine learning and visual intelligence and things like that. And I had to stop 15 minutes into it. Bad? The use of the term AI was was, (laughs) – I was triggered. (laughs) I was triggered too damn much. I'm like – I got tired of screaming at my TV. I was hoarse. I was just – yeah, and even one of the people in there, one of the experts, she's like, AI, machine learning, whatever the hell you want to call it, <laughs> she came up to. This is a documentary for, with experts. You'd think there would be a little more care Yeah, with the terminology thrown around, maybe you an explanation. Think? Yeah, I no? mean, they no? go to MIT okay. and things like that, smart people places. So I just, Maybe they're I, just I, over it like we are, threw their hands up in the air and said, fine, you're going to keep fucking calling it AI, fine. Yeah, I just I, I just couldn't watch it. Also, everything that we saw or that I saw in the first 15 minutes we've talked about for years on the show. So it's just another right. shit we already know kind of documentary. But feel free to watch it if you want to, if you're not no, up to I'll, speed I'll on pass. AI. I'll pass. I'll pass on yeah, that. Yeah, please do. Yeah. Um, I watched Hotel Transylvania 3. Uh, this is kids viewing, obviously. Uh, we did not watch one or two because my kid is basically only into uh, uh, squids and things of that nature. And he saw a commercial for it or a trailer for it on YouTube and it's got a squid in it. So therefore, we had to watch the movie. It was right. actually rather enjoyable. Uh, quite funny, which is very surprising for anything involving Adam Sandler. Um, <laughs> Zing. <laughs> so, but it, it was the, the weird thing about this, and the only reason I'm talking about it, and I wrote an old friend who also has kids about the same age while, while I was watching it, was realizing that I'm watching this, and the dude from Devo did the soundtrack, and the big music set piece was by Tiesto. So this friend and I, we went from, uh, shall we say, altered states at Coachella watching Tiesto perform about 10 years ago to Tiesto playing for our kids on our TVs. Maybe you're still tripping from back then. Maybe. Maybe this is all a trip. <laughs> yeah. You t- are you talking about Mark Mothersbaugh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He he does lots of soundtracks. Yeah. And it was it's good. And the movie's actually very clever. It's okay. extremely funny. I enjoyed it. I, I guarantee Anyways. it's better than Coded Bias, so maybe I should have watched that instead. <laughs> maybe. And at some point, I was reminded that I actually have HBO Max, which I kind of forgot about. So I went in and took a look around uh, to see if there was anything in there. And I saw that there's a new show called Made for Love. Mm-hmm. It's a darkly absurd and cynically poignant story of love and divorce, which follows Hazel Green, which is the actress Kristen Bellotti. She was in Palm Springs um, recently, which was actually very good. And she plays roughly the same role here. Uh, okay. In the same way, but it's it's okay. Uh, the main character, uh, she's married to uh, this guy, Byron Google. Google. 
So they really thought hard about trying to take a stab at high tech here. Okay. By naming him Google. Okay. There you go. That's about the level of good writing that you get on this show. All right. And uh, it's not worth watching. Is this the one with the uh, the dating service, the DNA dating service? No, it's not a dating service. He creates some sort of thing that is supposed to connect two people uh, if they're in love, hence the Made for Love title. So you get a chip in your brain and you're, oh. you're connected to your wife 24-7, except it doesn't really work very well and it only works one way. So basically he can spy on her and she's trying to escape from him. Okay. Yeah. Not uh, worth it. Okay, good. Don't bother. <laughs> good. <laughs> good to know. Then Hard, which is another show that – it's a Brazilian show that uh, was on HBO Max. And I watched the first season and it was about a, a wife whose husband dies and she didn't know that he was basically running an online porn store and then she – or porn company. And then she takes it over and it was actually quite clever and funny. Season two of that is now out and I've been watching that and it's still very funny. So, All right. Same story? Same people? Same people, same story. Yep. Okay. Okay. I, I, I watched John Oliver for the first time the other night because I, too, remembered that I had HBO Max. <laughs> uh, I'm done with him. I can't watch Are that you? show anymore. Yeah. Every time, it's, I, it's... every time I finish it, well, A, it's the same episode over and over again with just a different topic. I mean, the jokes are the same. Everything is the same about that show. But I'm always angry at the end of the show. And I'm like, I don't need that anymore. I mean, maybe I'll come back to it later when I need some more hate in my heart. But uh, like the last episode about the, the seniors and the elders, I'm like, I can't watch this. I can't. Yeah, watch that this. was really depressing. Yeah, I lived through that. I can't, I can't do that. <laughs> I'm not done watching it yet, but I totally get your point. And it's lost some of its... It's lost a bit of its joy uh, being stuck in the empty white void that he's been in. Um, I, you know, a lot of shows have gone back to to uh, studios and all that, and I think he needs to sooner rather than later because I think it's. Uh, you're right; the joy is gone from that show. There, there used to be. Uh, it used to be angry and joyful, and mm -hmm. now it's just angry. So. Yeah, not a fan. Not a fan. Yeah, but hey, and. Hey, <laughs> but hey, <laughs> but hey, uh, I found this bit of news. Science can now says you can judge people by their taste in music after all. Okay. Which every teenager has known forever. Exactly. But now they've found a link between music preferences and a person's propensity to empathize with others. So you can read all this. I thought it would be a lot more exciting than it was, but it's a little bit boring. So, but uh, yeah, if you're a certain type of people, you'll like certain types of music. Shocking. No, the, the problem with this is they're using, was it Myers-Briggs? Yep. You know. Yep. Myers Briggs is bullshit. You know, mm -hmm. it's it's this is bullshit built on bullshit. So, <laughs> I it, it it's a bullshit sandwich. I can't. But it makes I can't, for a snappy headline, Jason. Yeah, I can't get behind this one. Unfortunately, you know. I mean, I do believe that you can totally judge people by their taste in music because you know you can. And I do all the time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I, I think slapping Myers Briggs on top of it just does, just kind of negates anything that you would have to say about it. I know. I got super excited about this article. I put it in, and then I was like, ooh, there's a quiz. Uh, Dave and Jason and I can all take it, and we'll figure it out. And then I was like, oh, it's Myers-Briggs. This is bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> too bad. Oh, well. Well, I am looking forward to the fall because Jon Stewart is coming back, and uh, they have a, a title for the show now. It's called The Problem with Jon Stewart. The problem with Jon Stewart, I will tell you, is what is that he went off the air for like a decade, and he <laughs> should have been here through the Trump years. We missed him. We missed him dearly. I'm sure he was happy not to be, but... Yeah, he was happy. He was doing documentaries and things like that and doing whatever, taking money baths and other things that one does when one doesn't work and has that much money. Uh, I think you're going to have a problem with the problem with 
Jon Stewart because from the get-go and from the description, this sounds like it's going to be John Oliver sadness porn. Yeah, it kind of does. It kind of yeah. does. But uh, we'll see. Maybe they'll turn it around because he is a comic. So so is John Oliver. Yeah, was. John was. Maybe, <laughs> maybe this vacation that John Stewart has taken will, you know, lighten him up a bit. I tend to doubt it, though. <laughs> Given to Left to his own devices, John gets sad. Yes, he does. So Mortal Kombat comes out also on HBO Max. This is the HBO Max show this week. Uh, it comes out on Friday. And I saw this over at Slate, an interview with the guy who yells Mortal Kombat in the theme for Mortal Kombat. And I filed this immediately into I know not what the I, I know these are words. But I do not know what they mean. Yes. Mortal Kombat, one of my favorite video games of all time <laughs> that I've been playing for decades now. Uh, but I'm looking forward to the movie because anything is better than the old movies. So knock on wood. I just probably ruined the movie right there. <laughs> Crumpy old geek's <laughs> curse. Sorry. Uh, but uh, if you are a fan of Mortal Kombat from the old days, uh, this is a good read. Highly recommend checking it out. All right. And in the music world, Turntable FM came back for a little while and might be okay. coming back. Uh, were you ever a Turntable FM fan? Nope. Okay. That's surprising. <laughs> that's surprising. Uh, I, I like to DJ for one, me, uh, and don't like hearing other people's selections that much. So. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I get it. I think it was cool, uh, but it just wasn't my thing. Yeah. Back in the old days, a friend of the show, Fogarty, was on there all the time trying to get me to come in and listen to his room. And I'm like, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of on Team Brian. I'm like, I like to listen to my own stuff when I want to listen to my own stuff. Yes. I, I curate for myself. Yep. I did watch a show on Netflix called The Serpent. It was an mm -hmm. eight-part miniseries about uh, basically kind of a serial killer back in the 70s who killed a bunch of... Uh, young hippie travelers all over the world. This is a, it's a true story. And if you want to get truly angry, I mean, like just soul crushingly angry at the justice system around the world, then watch this. And, uh, it, it's, I mean, it, it's mind boggling how bad the French were in this entire story and the United Nations actually near the end. But, uh, it was a good, it was good up until the end when I found out, you know, what actually happened to this guy. And it's just like, yeah, no justice uh, is out there right. for, for some of these people. It's like, ugh, drives you nuts. And I watched The Nevers. Did you? Did uh, you? Again okay. on HBO Max. What so, <laughs> again, uh, as I've been watching a lot of HBO Max as well, I have literally been carpet bombed by uh, commercials for The Nevers, which looks like Downton Abbey meets The Avengers. Meets Buffy. Okay. You got to throw in some Buffy in there because this is by Joss Whedon, who has been canceled already. Canceled, right. Okay. <laughs> but it is written, directed, and executive produced by Joss Whedon. Uh, the first episode, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Really? Huh? Yeah. Worth a watch? I totally <laughs> dug it. Yeah. All right. Yeah, there's even some boobs. Jackpot. <laughs> the Venn diagram of Jason's watchability. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's kind of it. We got, uh, yep. there's no superheroes, but there's kind of Victorian powered people, I guess. Okay. It's interesting. Right. It's, it's, it's definitely worth watching for the first episode. I'm looking forward to the second one. It was, uh, right. it was a nice change of pace. Okay. Excellent. Uh, well, we've had an awful lot of Star Trek news as far as TV goes, but we haven't had much movie news. Um, there had been a, the last, well, let's just say the Star Trek movie universe has not been going terribly well. It petered out. Um, yeah. It petered out. And, uh, basically we had heard that that was kind of it, especially after the actor that played Chekhov tragically died. Mm -hmm. And I think we had all made our peace with that. Okay, fine. No more Star Trek movies for a while. Let's let's focus on the TV shows, and eventually that'll spin off into something that'll become the new movie universe again. Mm -hmm. Fine. 
Unfortunately, they've decided, no, nah, we're going to give you another one of something that you don't really want. Well, I mean, I think what it really like boiled down to is, yeah, Chekhov died, but they were kind of done with the Chris Pine line, you know? Mm-hmm. So they were, I think they were just done, like they were blocking that one off until they came up with this. Uh, I thought that they were always going to come back to movies. I mean, it's Star Trek. Kind of gotta at some yeah, point. Yeah, but this is going to be the Chris Pine people. It is the same people? The same yes, cast? That's oh, the thing. Okay, I missed that. That's what I was... Okay, not, no. Oh. That's why I had the whole preface about we were okay with it, yeah, and that's, eventually okay, that's they'd what... come back with something else, and those would be the movies, but yeah, no, 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 they no, are no, bringing okay. everybody... We get one more of something we don't want. Okay. Well, I mean, I like the Chris Pine crew. That's not... I don't have it's a problem the with story. that. The story. Like they went to was, this yeah. whole trouble yeah. of creating a splinter universe, and then it was all just so fucking boring. After that, I mean, I don't know. I liked one and two. I really did. Number three, I fell asleep in the movie theater. I literally fell asleep in the theater watching that in an IMAX theater. <laughs> so, but okay, well, we'll see how it goes. I like I said, I don't mind the whole, the whole Chris Pine team, and I like him as Kirk. I thought I thought they were a good team. It's just they need it a was definitely a good casting. writer. Yeah, yeah, they just need a writer exactly. And I just threw this in because I thought it was funny. Spotify has now deleted forty two episodes of the Joe Rogan Experience. Oh, the answer to life, the universe, and everything. Exactly. But mm-hmm. uh, one of the the new uh, missing episodes is episode one forty nine, which featured several comedians, including Al Madrigal, Brian Redband, and your friend Felicia Michaels. What did she say, Brian? What did she do? Uh, I didn't listen to it, so I don't know. You can't listen to it now. (laughs) I'll write her. (laughs) Yeah. I'll see if there was anything particularly controversial. Ups and doodads. At a a special look inside Disney Parks press conference, as they're starting to ramp up to, say, reopen said parks, uh, Disney has reportedly shown off a working lightsaber. That is false. That is not what they did, which is yep. originally, which is right in the next paragraph. Uh, basically, he said to have pulled the lightsaber out of a small box and stated it's real. They have not released any pictures. They have not released any movies. They have not actually turned it on in the press conference. But uh, they're saying, uh, and I think this is a horrible PR move because now every geek in the world thinks they're going to be getting a working lightsaber and whatever they actually end up giving us is bound to disappoint. They should have just shown it immediately. Yeah, that was really yep. dumb. And it's not yep. real. It's not real. It's it's a stick well, inside of a tube. They're not going to sell something to kids <laughs> that cuts through fucking walls. <laughs> you know, I think... Of it course it's not real. It's supposed to be retractable. Yeah, it's just basically a stick in a tube that they figured out how to make go up and down. Like, Which could be extremely cool, and they should have shown it right away, but now I'm going to have months of thinking I'm going to get a real fucking lightsaber. Bad, bad PR for Disney. Yeah, did you look at the patent application, though? Yeah, I did. Looks yeah, cool. you can pretty much figure out how it works. But yeah, it's going to be cool. But here's the thing. It's definitely not going to be, you know, like the big plastic ones you have now. You can whack the crap out of each other with those. I have mm-hmm. a feeling this thing is going to it's going to go whoosh. It's going to light up. It's going to be really cool. And it's going to break in about two seconds when the first kid that gets it whacks his dad with it. And then it gets broken yep. in half. And there's that 300... might very well be me. Yep. And there's 300 bucks <laughs> down the crapper right there. Yeah, and speaking of money down the crapper, Logitech is done making Harmony remotes. You were a fan of these, right? 
I, I well, I don't personally have one. I was a huge fan of them for my parents. Okay, that's what I was, it was. Yeah. I was able to program everything so they could do basically one button touches to turn all you know turn on the sound and then turn on the TV and then switch it over to the Netflix and the blah 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 blah. It was perfect for that. It was the ultimate like parent remote. Uh, if you could mm-hmm. sit there and program it all, so it's a bummer they're getting rid of it. Uh, they are not going to continue making them, but they say they will continue to support them for as long as customers are still using them, uh, which is you know a load of crap that never happens. Well, I heard, and, actually uh, I heard something about that, and the reason that they're mm-hmm. going to keep doing Doing that Logitech was heavy in with the uh, AV guys, like professional audio visual guys, yeah, <laughs> who they would have contract to you know build in in home studios for people. So yeah, they don't exactly. want to piss those people off because they still have relationships with them. So that's why they're going to keep that program going, and it's just keeping a database updated. So I don't think it's going to be you know yep. that much work for them. But that was that, that's one of the the reasons I heard that they're definitely going to keep that going for quite some time. Yeah, well, good, good. They were good products. I, I'm sad to see it go, and there really aren't that many people making these kind of universal remotes anymore, which is unfortunate because it, it can be pretty handy again for parents or for super complicated setups like home studio or home theaters and all that. So, too, it's a bit sad. Um, and I'm not the only person that feels this way because I was looking around online and people were talking about it. Prices for these things have skyrocketed. Oh, I'm sure people are buying them to keep backups in case you know their their one dies and all that sort of stuff. Like they're going for like five six hundred bucks now, which is Ooh. crazy. Oh, jeepers, jeepers, jeepers. I'm like, uh, maybe I should go over to my mom's and just teach her how to use the other remotes. And exactly, sell and sell that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, buy her a simpler TV, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of remotes, Roku has come out with a new remote, which I which I really like. The uh, It's basically an upgrade to their voice remote, the Voice Remote Pro. And okay. so that's the thing about all this stuff is like everything is, you know, moving to voice. So you can just yell at your remote and say, like, 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 you know, it's almost like when we were kids, my grandfather would say channel seven and I would have to get up and I would walk to the TV and I'd turn it to channel seven. I would sit back down. He's like channel 53 and get up, move it. So he did have voice control back in the day. And this is basically the same thing. So yeah, I pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm a, I'm a Roku household, so I'm kind of looking forward to getting one of these. Cause I, I had one, but the batteries melted in it and it died, but the new, unfortunately is rechargeable. So I can just plug it in and let her rip, but it's nice. Right. They're nice because you can, there's two reasons that it's nice. One, yeah, the voice control is cool, but also they come with a headphone port. So you can just basically plug your headphones into it. If you're sitting in bed and just want to listen to the TV without having to go all the way to the TV and run cables or have wireless headphones, which mm-hmm. suck, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because I still have this. Well, Sony Amazon, um, Amazon has their box that they use to control uh, the TV as well, and actually, it it does work pretty well. The problem is we put the kibosh on it. Uh, it is uh, not allowed in our household because I don't want my kid to start to be able to control everything. Oh yeah, well, that was the, the Fire TV. Cube, right? <laughs> yeah, so the Fire Cube it works great. Uh, but I the, the last thing in the world is I want my kid to be able to turn on the TV whenever he wants, or I'm in the middle of watching a baseball game and he'll just start yelling at it to switch over to Paw Patrol. Yeah. <laughs> So. Porn, 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 daddy, play porn. <laughs> He's a bit young for that. <laughs> but uh, time time goes by fast, my friend. It, it does. It does. <laughs> it does. I'm going to have to look into parental blocks pretty soon. Fun times. Uh, Jared wrote in, I was hoping to get your all, y'all's opinion on what iPad my wife should get. She is a teacher and the plan is to replace her laptop with an iPad. Would you all suggest she get the iPad Pro or the normal iPad? I'm not 100% sure how much better the Pro is. I've used a normal iPad for years and it served me well. She's going to be using it for lesson plans, teaching videos, email, etc. I plan on getting her a keyboard case, dongles, VPN, PIA since I have my own account. Thank you all for that. And maybe the pencil. Opinions on which iPad she should get and should she get the pencil too? Thanks. 
I thought I'd toss this one to you, Jason, because my thought is you're a teacher. Have a laptop. Yeah. Uh, yeah, kind <laughs> of. <laughs> it's like uh, with, a, with as much stuff as you want to do. The iPad is great, but you are going to be hamstrung in many things. Like like I mentioned before, when I got the the magic case for my iPad Pro, I've got the 12.9 and it's it's fantastic. It is almost as good as a laptop. Almost. But it's not a laptop. It's not a laptop. Uh, and it's going to run you a, basically a ton of money. And if you are going to go iPad, I always recommend getting the iPad Pros. They just they have a longer shelf life. Although in, right now there's a big problem. They were supposed to have new ones coming out soon, but the chip shortage has put the kibosh on that. So mm -hmm. we don't know when we're going to get the new Pros. So it might be you know worthwhile to hold off for now. And I got to say, the best laptop I think I've ever had is the uh, the M1 Air. I have that thing loaded up, and it is faster than my 16-inch, $4,000 MacBook Pro, which drives <laughs> me crazy. Uh, it's tiny. It is actually lighter than my iPad Pro and the Magic case. The one thing I do have to say, though, is if you do get an iPad Pro, uh, anything that supports the Apple Pencil 2, absolutely get one. The Pencil 2 is just awesome. I love that thing <laughs> so much. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's... It's tough right now just because you can't get the new iPads that are supposed to be coming out. But uh, if she doesn't need it right away, then just hold off and wait for the the cycle to finish to see if they, they come out soon because uh, WWDC is coming up soon. So they might have some announcements around then. Um, but all, if all else fails, man, I got to say the the airs are awesome. They're just flat out awesome. Yeah. So. I mean, I just think especially especially with the current climate, with the teaching at home, with all of, with all the stuff that your wife probably has to do that she never had to do before, you're going to want an actual laptop. Yeah. I just I, I don't think that you're going to want to switch to an iPad at this point. They're, like Jason said, they're great. Uh, I even tried to make the switch at one point uh, to working almost exclusively off an iPad and I just couldn't do it. I, I like my laptop and the flexibility and the, you know, the ability to do anything, which you, you're 90% there with an iPad, but that 10% could be a problem. Yeah. And I mean, the hybrid solution, I think, is what works for me. I've got, you know, I've got the laptops for when I need laptopy stuff, and I have the iPad for when I can do iPad-y stuff. You know, having both is is really just the best way to go. But if that's, you know, cost prohibitive, I understand. But, you know, maybe a, an Air and a cheap uh, cheaper iPad, just could get one of the normal iPads. Yeah. By the way, all IT departments need to put laptopy stuff on their business cards. Laptopy stuff. That's what they do. We do laptopy stuff. <laughs> so I saw this and I thought this was just too much fun. Uh, Flume, which I always thought, I thought that was a, like a early cryptocurrency with Whoopi Goldberg for some reason when I heard the word Flume. I remember it wasn't Flume one of the early um, Instagram apps, third party Instagram apps. Yeah, there's that it's spelled differently yeah. though. I think. Okay, right. uh, yeah, and it doesn't work anymore. I paid for the paid for the premium, and then the guy just absconded with my money. It doesn't work anymore, jerk. Uh, oh, pro tip by the way, if you do need to use Instagram from your laptop and you don't have Flume and it doesn't work anymore, uh, most browsers now you can go set it to uh, set the user agent to mobile, and then you get the full on mobile experience on Instagram, so you can upload directly from your web browser on your laptop. So pro tip there. Um, Completely off Could topic be why from Flume what I was, isn't around anymore. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Completely off topic for what I was getting to is the Google Flume, which is just basically a little Android toy that you can uh, basically point at the ground and it will show you what is on the other side of the earth from you. I thought that okay. was fun. <laughs> it's neat. That's it all. is neat. I, I'm with you. It's neat. Yeah, I, I, I was tempted to dust off the old Android phone if I can find it and and 
pop it on there to see how it works. But that would require work. So that's not going to happen. <laughs> Android-y stuff. android stuff. I was on Instagram this week and I saw an ad for Doodly. Doodly doodly doo. And I thought this was the stupidest thing I ever saw, so I had to put it in here. Well, now that I've clicked on the link, I'm sure I will only be seeing ads for this for a while now, too. So thanks. Yeah, basically, you know, if you're doing those uh, videos of hand drawing sketches that mm -hmm. you see people do, well, this yeah. is basically fake hands <laughs> that pretend to do the drawing. You do the drawing and it follows a path and makes the hand look like it's actually doing the drawing. I, I don't know why I thought this was funny. It's so stupid. I, I'm just going to say at this point in time in, in, our, in the world's history and society and particularly in the tech industry, if your byline is whatever it is, here it is, Doodly is the first and only software, there's probably a reason you're the only one. Yeah. Nobody <laughs> needs this. <laughs> I know. I know. I mean, do you really need the hand? That's it. No. Do you really need the hand? No, no, you don't. It's just fucked up. And Barrett sent in this link. The FCC wants you to test your internet speeds with its new app. Now that the FCC is no longer run by an evil idiot, I'm okay with this. They okay. basically want you to use their version of Ookla. I don't know why they just don't license the data from them. Yeah. Uh, to run a speed test so they can collect a map to see where they need to help out with uh, increasing high high broadband situations. So, yeah, cool. Yeah. I will get it and I will probably use it just to yeah. throw my why data not? in there. We sure. like the FCC right now. Temporarily. Yeah. Temporarily. We'll <laughs> yeah. And Morton also wrote in, if you're tired of all the drones around, you'll probably want the Skywall Patrol drone gun. The process can be automated too. Link in the show notes. It's a gun. It's a net gun is what we always said. Yep. Build a, it's, it's a t-shirt. If you're too lazy net. to train eagles. Exactly. <laughs> No, it, it is a t-shirt gun with a net in it, which is what we said how many years ago that just somebody finally kickstarted it and made it work. Yep. <laughs> this was my last one, and it's fun. Uh, Google Photos will now let you copy text out of a photo in, and put it in text and take it out of Google Photos. I did this the other day. That's kind of cool. Dude, yeah. it's great. I had some stuff that had some uh, notes on it, and it said would copy text. I'm like, what? So I click on it, and then I, I I did this before, and then I saw an article over at The Verge that was talking about it, so the link will be in the show notes. But yeah, if you have your stuff in Google Photos in the browser, you can go find your photos, click on it, hit copy text, and it'll <laughs> pop it out for you. It is so cool. It's, you know, like Evernote used to be able to do that. But uh, you could only search for it. It wouldn't let you copy it out. That was the big problem with Evernote. Well, that's one of the many millions of problems one of with Evernote. Many. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, what happened to those guys? They they tanked pretty bad. But uh, I'm yeah. sure they're still around. Some people just they're crazy for it. They think put their whole life in it so yeah all seven people are probably not keeping <laughs> it afloat but yeah definitely check this out if you use google photos it's pretty cool at the library i listened to a short story this week called saturn's monsters over at audible and uh it's a freebie which i'm glad for because it wasn't that great <laughs> uh it's a short story by thomas carpenter who i'd never heard of before right. um so it's uh yes three and a half three and a half hours if you okay. uh if you ha are an audible subscriber you can get it for free um i just don't think it was all that good so okay your mileage may vary and then i got uh consider this moments in my writing life after which everything was different by chuck palinuk 
this was a Fight great club one. came out and a <laughs> yeah. book. This was a great book. <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed this one because I like Chuck quite a bit. Uh, not so much as books. This books kind of, I, I still have nightmares about most of his books. Yeah, I was about to say, since we've been talking about like John Oliver and the sadness porn, like I, I really was into him at a certain point in my life. I find his books very difficult to read now. Oh, I can't. I, there's no yeah. way. Because I know, I know what he does. I know his <laughs> shtick. But this is a book on writing, basically. So it's a book mm -hmm. on writing and creativity. And uh, those I like. You know, I like those a lot. So this book was really good for that. And it's not too long. It was um, That's cool. Yeah. My, my gold standard for those types of books is the Stephen King one on writing. This is up is there. It? This is up okay, there with cool. it. Yeah. This All is right. this is definitely my – it's right after on writing. I think uh, it, this is knocked bird by bird out of uh, the number two spot on books on writing that I love. Cool. And uh, we're getting a new book by Neil Stevenson. Great. Termination Shock. Now, I saw this as I was browsing through Amazon, and I appreciate the ability to pre-order a book, but not – Oh, I don't know. Almost an entire year ahead of time. Hey, man, he's doing better than uh, William Gibson. William Gibson's last book, we had 18 months of pre-order time. That's true. That's true. So uh, I'm looking forward to this. This one seems to be a standalone, old school style, sci-fi sort of thing. I'm not going to have to brush off my old English to be able to understand anything and create a big old, um, you know, homeland style map of characters in my room. So do you see how many pages it was? Oh, it's big. 897. That's okay. <laughs> After his last couple novels, I'm like, I'm, I'm going to let you do this one because uh, I, <laughs> yeah, I did the last two first and I'm not happy. I I've did. liked his last few books. Yes, they're very long. I, I'm convinced that his editor is blind. Oh, but, uh, he doesn't have you know. an editor. No, there is no, no editor. He definitely doesn't. No, you read he the Dodo an book and you liked it? Not an it? editor. <laughs> you like that Dodo book? I, no, not the Dodo one, but the other ones. Okay. Everything else he's put out. The Dodo one was a co-author, so I can't entirely blame him. Security? Ha! And we're back with Dave Bittner. Dave is the host of the CyberWire podcast, co-host of the social engineering podcast, Hacking Humans with Joe Kerrigan, co-host of Caveat with Ben Yellen, where they discuss law and policy and surveillance and privacy. And finally, he's the co-host of Recorded Future, where he takes you inside the world of cyber threat intelligence. Welcome, Dave. <laughs> Thank you. Good to be back. <laughs> so I, a little breaking news real quick here. I saw this and uh, listeners of the show, longtime listeners will know that I had a, a period where I was, I was into the white claw and uh, so I'm, basic. I'm not proud of it. I'm not proud of that time of my life. It was, it was a sad moment during the pandemic and yes, it, it happened. It happened. I am man enough to say that uh, I have, uh, I have gotten past it and uh, I no longer drink the white claw, but uh, I might now. Because they just released, oh, God, White Claw Surge. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> they really should have just called it White Claw Pandemic. Exactly. I think, I think it would have it done quite edition. well. Yeah, COVID juice. <laughs> Welcome to have some COVID juice. So mm -hmm. they, they made it more boozy. They threw in a little bit, 3% uh, more alcohol, and they made it bigger. So it's now 16 ounces instead of... This, this yeah. is not what the world needed coming out of this. That's um, what we needed going into it, though. It, well, yeah, it would have been helpful going into it. But, I mean, talk. there's a lot of talk about how we're heading towards a roaring 20s again. And, boy, is this rocket fuel. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I've never had White Claw. What is, what is it? Uh, the thing about them is um, they go down real easy. 
Real easy. Like, oh, next thing okay. you know, you 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 start sitting at home watching a baseball game, drinking a few white mm-hmm. claws. Next thing you know, your car is up on blocks. You're in Alabama. <laughs> uh, you've lost a few teeth and friends. <laughs> yeah. See, that's um, how I see Bud Light Lime being formulated for chemically. In other words, it's designed to be consumed very quickly, very yes. easily. Oh, White on a Claw hot day. has has mastered the formula. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, 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 it's it's quite pleasant, but it is very, uh, uh, you know, twenty three year old girls are going to die from this higher alcohol content. <laughs> yes, so it sneaks up on you basically. Is it it doesn't just kind of sneak up on you. It it smacks you over the. It, it is like a Looney Tunes cartoon. The, <laughs> the anvil, the anvil you. falls from <laughs> yeah. the sky. Uh huh. <laughs> <My> frying pan. <laughs> yep. With your face imprinted in it. I see. This is a feature, not a bug. I do. Uh, well, of course you do. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I, I drink for effectiveness, not for pleasure. Right. I am it's just I more am, efficient version. Mm-hmm. The the 8% <laughs> alcohol content and the 16-ounce can is a recipe for um, some disasters that I'm sure are going to uh, happen. But it is an effective marketing technique because now I'm going to have to try them. Oh, me so. too. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Right, the, I'll go the pick new, up some. Yes, the new flavors are blood orange and cranberry. Mm, I love a good mm. blood orange. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, mm. you're going to need it because uh, welcome to Black Mirror. I saw like Twitter's going uh, just crazy right now because uh, there's a video circulating of the NYPD uh, catching a villain and uh, walking out of a building. And out after they walk out, walks the robot dog from Boston Dynamics, all bedecked out in blue and black. And of course, it's everybody's a, saying, uh, ah, welcome to Black Mirror. It's amazing the visceral response the brain and body give on seeing that. It, mm-hmm. It's just something in us knows that that is wrong and not good. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, and the, the it's funny because the police who are walking along with it have their chests puffed out and are very proud of mm-hmm. this little, um, well, to borrow a phrase, technological terror. Uh, <laughs> That they've, that they've developed here. Um, I saw a response to this where someone who I, I suppose knows about these sorts of things posted a picture of the – on the uh, butt end of these little dogs, there's a little control panel and this guy said second button from the left. That's the one that just puts it in dis- – totally disables it. Um, so if you come across one of these things, press the second button on the left. That and is run you, like if, hell. <laughs> whilst it rips well, your arm out of its socket. You yeah, know? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what you said. Press the second button on the left, uh, flip it over, tear out the battery, and run away. <laughs> now, I have, to, I have to ask, Dave, the person who gave you this advice, is he a really good friend of yours or somebody who might just wanted to punk you? Because, you know, you could, could go no into... no idea. Just... Uh, Look, came by on the Twitter feed, so it must be true. Ah, uh, yes. I so, I, so that, that I button know. might just be for Berserker mode. <laughs> it might be the self-destruct button for all I know. Uh, <laughs> true. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, to, um, to borrow a story from another uh, segment of the show, maybe it's the open butthole button. <laughs> there you go. Why? <laughs> what I want to know is why. Why Why does the NYPD need a robot dog? Why, Why has have police departments scaled up and bought uh, military equipment over the years? Um, because yeah. they're dudes. They knock back their white claws and think this shit looks awesome. Oh, by the way, the new white claw surge is in NYPD blue. So they're all set. <laughs> they are warrior cops. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I'm no, I'm no fan of the defund the police movement, but I do think that we should demilitarize the police. So yeah. that's where yeah, I'm at. Absolutely. 
Yeah. Absolutely. Well, we certainly don't want yeah. to arm them with freaking robots. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Although it might have a better track record than the, the actual meat police right now. Yeah. The mm-hmm. robot dog takes off the body camera too. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, um, it's been an interesting week in cybersecurity, to say the least. Uh, I want to start off with this story that you guys have probably heard of. There was uh, another incident at the Natanz nuclear facility in Iran. Um, mm-hmm. This place is famous for being the location of the Stuxnet attack uh, way back when, where mm-hmm. um, the... Um, Oh, what do you call them? The uh, the where we games, ushered the, in uh, the wonderful world of cyber warfare. <laughs> that's right. That's yes. right. The centrifuges. This, yes. Yes. I, yes, yes they spun the them. Things. The centrifuges yes. um, were uh, disabled and damaged. Um, and there's been another incident there uh, right after Iran spun up their shiny new centrifuges that they claim are being used to uh, enrich uranium for uh, electricity, for power plants, and many other people in the world believe are part of a nuclear weapons program. Mm-hmm. Um, not long after they spun them up, they had what is being described as a power outage by some. Um, and uh, reports are that it caused damage to their new centrifuges. Um, there's a lot of speculation right now. Not sure if it was a cyber attack. Not sure if it was a physical attack. Could have been a bomb. Right now, the reporting seems to come down on that it was a cyber attack that caused physical damage, much like Stuxnet did. Is there a possibility that Stuxnet is a ghost in the machine? That I they may not have cleared it. out all I the traces. And, I yeah. doubt it. Yeah, no, I doubt it. Stuxnet doubt was it. built specifically for that model and that generation of centrifuge, right. and these are new centrifuges, so probably right. not. But it would be a great yeah. story if it was. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Somebody, what's this button do? <laughs> so the uh, Israelis sort of have unofficially, officially taken credit for this. Um the Israeli media is saying that, yeah, it was probably us, um, but it's all sort of cloak and dagger at this point and lots of speculation. Uh, the Iranians, of course, have vowed uh, swift and um, uh, significant retribution against the Israelis um, and that they should be looking over their shoulders. So uh, good times uh, probably um, could see – who knows what sort of escalation we'll see here, but um, – I don't know. I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't be in the centrifuge business if I were a neighboring nation to Israel at this point. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking I mean, Israelis. I'm, I was going to say, you know, the Israelis basically—they're always looking over their shoulders. So not much of yeah. a change for them there. <laughs> exactly. Uh, they're like. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it you must know, be Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> right. They have a big target on their map. Yeah. That, yeah. That they do. So that's a. Uh, Scary thought because this stuff can escalate pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. And from I remember reading in that book, which I I can't remember. This is how the world ends, I believe. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, containment on on these sorts of cyber tools and cyber attacks is not guaranteed. You have to work very, very hard to try to contain things to just what you want to hit. Yeah, just look at not pet you. Mm Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this I think is all indications, and and you know, we've been we've been hearing from tipsters about what it probably is, what it could be, what it definitely wasn't, and all that sort of thing. It seems to be a targeted, contained kind of thing. Like, 
you know, they were going after this one thing and that's what the one thing they went after. And of course, a system like this would be isolated. But you're right. I mean, they didn't intend for NotPetya to make its way around the world and it did. So <laughs> I suppose we may be lucky in that measure. But um, it's been a while. But didn't Stuxnet get out too? Uh, I don't recall that. I don't recall um, okay. that. I remember I it did go past where they thought it would, but they were able to basically defang it, from what I remember correctly in the book. I, yeah, I, could I, yeah. I, I did think that, it, so. it, it wasn't a, it wasn't a big deal that it got out because it was yeah. so specific to Natan's. But uh, uh, right. yeah, but I do believe it did uh, it did get out of the building. Yeah, I am recalling some of that now. It was like it was designed so you would have had to have. Basically, the exact same setup. You had to have the same centrifuges, the same number of centrifuges, the same ones online at the same time. Yeah, the controllers all the sort of stuff. and all that stuff. Yeah. I'm holding a copy of Countdown to Zero Day, which is Kim Zetter's book about Stuxnet. It's kind of the go-to mm -hmm. book on Stuxnet. So if you want to read up on that, that's the one I would highly recommend. It's there a go. good read. And I guess, Dave, you don't get to turn your phone off this weekend. I do not. No, I do yeah. not. <laughs> I, I do not. No. I mean, uh, you know, although, you know, we're not really in the, the breaking news beat, so it's not like I have to, you know, rush to the studio and report on breaking news, but um, I do have to keep up on things. So, yeah, there's that. Yep. Well, in this week in breach fatigue, we've got uh, LinkedIn is now in the news with uh, data from 500 million users. Yay. All right. Mm -hmm. Now I can get all the data from all the headhunters that keep writing me that have nothing to do with anything that I've ever done in my entire life career-wise. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, 500 million users from scraped data. Yeah, da, 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 da. standard Gone, part of the course. Bored. Yep. Yep. Uh, you know, I've, I've never been reached – I've never been contacted by any headhunter via LinkedIn, which I suppose there's not a whole lot of demand for – full-time professional podcasters. No uh, Jason, have you ever been? Have you, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's not like I'm a security engineer or anything, but uh, Jason, have you, anyone ever reached out to you? Uh, when I was on a the programmer, front? not on the podcasting front, when I was a programmer, I got hit up all the time. Yeah. Yeah. The ones that, the ones that really wanted me, which uh, I'm kind of glad I didn't take at this point, the Yahoo homepage team wanted me for like two years. They kept hitting me every week. I'm huh. like, I don't want to do the Yahoo homepage because I know people at Yahoo and they're miserable. So huh. no thank you. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, even since then, since I have programming in my history, they still think I'm a programmer, even though I retired almost a decade ago. So I see. People don't actually read your resume. They look for the, the liner notes and say, oh, well, programmer, let's talk to them. Right. But podcasting, right. which is front and center, nada. <laughs> I suppose it's a, I mean, it's a, a backhanded compliment in a way that we don't have to deal with that, but it shows you the, the, the respect we have in the wider world, right? I'd kind of like to deal with that. I really would. You want to have a little bidding war going on for your services? Exactly. I could use that right about now. Yeah, sure. Yeah. But speaking of voice services, Clubhouse has also been uh, scraped for 1.3 million users, which is probably everybody at this point. Mm -hmm. uh, didn't take long. Didn't take them no. long. Well, you know, you're you're front and center in the news. Yeah, you're bored at home as a hacker. What are you going to do? Well, and I think the I think 
a lot of these uh, breaches, like the Facebook breach that we talked about last week, uh, there's a good article over at uh, Wired called What Really Caused Facebook's 500 Million User Data Leak. And Mm -hmm. what's really funny is the paragraph that I put in here. It's like, one source of the confusion was that Facebook has had any number of breaches and exposures from which this data could have originated. (laughs) And it's Mm -hmm. like, oh, yeah, which one was it? And uh, what's clever about it is uh, what this one is seemingly being attributed to was uh, somebody basically creating an address book with every phone number in it, which is Hmm. smart. That's, you know, and I didn't even think about that. I don't know why, because I figured, I guess people would, I don't know, program around that. You know, if if somebody has over like, you know, a thousand contacts, maybe, I don't know, flag it. But uh, I guess you could do that. And that's probably what happened over at Clubhouse, too, since everything is tied to your address book. Yeah, that's an interesting approach. I hadn't thought about that. And I wonder, I mean, it kind of. It feeds on a, a cultural vulnerability that Facebook has, which is more data is better. So mm-hmm. you can see how they might not have a prohibition against really large phone books, right? Mm-hmm. They would say, ooh, ah, ooh, bigger is better. This is great for us. But that's interesting. Uh, the, the set of every phone number. Hmm. I have to think about that. Um, I did hear that the um, the Clubhouse one, uh, they're claiming it was just Anybody could do it through their API. That it wasn't oh. because these are these are scraping things, not um, not actual hacks or breaches. Ah, yeah. So it's a feature, publicly facing. Yeah, it's yeah. a feature mm, in a way. <laughs> in a way, yeah. In a way, it's not not an unintended uh, uh, functionality, I suppose. Hmm. Right. Well, yeah. in other interesting news, we had uh, the feds have charged a man with planning to blow up an Amazon data center. Now, mm-hmm. they are also in the news. Big, big thing, big targets, and uh, people are now apparently trying to go after them. Uh, he was trying to blow up the one in Virginia. That was a Texas resident who headed over that way. That's the big Figure one, too. He That's probably the- didn't have to go quite so far. But yeah, he wanted to kill the internet and the federal mm-hmm. institutions that he believed were part of the Ogliarchy in the U.S. So what better way to do that? Uh, as we were just talking about a little bit earlier in the show, there's not too many places you can go to host things now. So... This is an unintended consequence of the consolidation of the in, of the industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he claimed that he wanted to take seventy percent of the internet down, and he thought by blowing up this data center he would achieve that. He'd be pretty um, close, actually. When that data center went I, down before, I mean, everything goes down. That's that's yeah. one of the main AWS data centers. I mean, like when there was like a big storm that happened a couple of years ago, and that's you know <laughs> this was years ago. That's when Netflix went yeah. down for a long time, and our our internet is not as robust as it once was. But Brian, it's in the uh, cloud. It's interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, but because all the clouds think, are in one place. <laughs> well, remember there was a, over in Europe there was that fire in a data data center um, mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago, and I, I think. Most people think that if you put something in the cloud, that that means it's automatically distributed around the world and backup copies are made and it's – and all that. And to, I think to a certain I wonder degree, why people would think that. Could it be their marketing? <laughs> Could it be because they tell us that that's what happens? Right. But I'm curious – what I have not seen any reports on is what would actually happen if that data center were to be taken offline. Mm-hmm. At this point, and they could be. They're not saying that because it would be a bad thing. <laughs> it would be but, extremely bad. Yes. Yeah. Allegedly, this guy was uh, wait for it at the Capitol riot on the sixth. Surprise! Uh, Have surprise, we not picked surprise. up all these guys yet? <laughs> 
Well, we did now. No, I'm, yeah. <clears throat> I'm well, one one more down. Um, yeah, I've been seeing lots of uh, the F- pictures of the FBI still looking for folks to ID pictures. Uh, this guy was caught because um, he tried to buy some C4 explosive mm-hmm. um, and he ended up trying to buy it from an FBI undercover person. So he went and he bought the explosive and the FBI person demonstrated for him how to use it, how to wire it up, how to detonate it. And then when he went to drive away with it, they arrested him. It would have so. been better if they actually gave him some C4 and just blew it up. <laughs> and said, Whoopsie. <laughs> I'm going to stand over here. You just stay right there. Yes. Justice has been served. I am when the I law. When I say go, press, press this red button. Yeah. 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 So it's, it's scary stuff. I mean, domestic terrorism uh, – it's a it's a real thing, and and this demonstrates. I mean, think how lucky we were that this <clears throat> Yahoo, uh, who I'm sure is a fine gentleman and whose family loves him very much, uh, didn't get away with this. This Yahoo was just looking for answers. Yeah, right, oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, the domestic terrorism is 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 serious. I saw uh, somebody was posting it on Facebook. There's a chart of the rise of domestic terrorism and, and how it's skyrocketed in the last ten years. It's uh, mm-hmm. it's it's a uh, we got we got some problems here in our country. Yeah, go go figure. That mostly noticed. mostly middle aged white guys. Mm-hmm. Oh wait, they're all middle aged white guys, and every now and again, their mom. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Well, this uh, last story here for this week I put in here, um, evidently there's a problem in the Netherlands where Dutch supermarkets are running out of cheese. Now, this is worrisome. (laughs) Now, you know, you can try you can try to blow up my AWS center, but do not fuck with my Gouda. Yeah, exactly. We were I mean, it's bad enough that we were out of toilet paper for a while at the outset of of COVID. But no, uh, evidently they're running out of cheese because a distribution company, uh, Bakker Logistik, uh, got hit by ransomware. And so they were unable to fulfill their deliveries. They couldn't receive orders. They couldn't send things out. And so the 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 cupboards are bare. The the shelves are empty. (laughs) There is no cheese to be had. Lots of people going around the Netherlands saying, it's not much of a cheese shop, is it? I was thinking about Wallace and Gromit and poor poor Wallace (laughs) not having any cheese. But uh, yeah, this is when you, I mean, come on, is the humanity, is there no... Yes, oh, the humanity. Attacking hospitals and, right, but no, (laughs) your cheese supply, that's a a bridge too far, so... Did, Did you know that we as a country have a strategic cheese reserve? Yes, you know, I did know that. Yep. Yep. that. That's pretty awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Government cheese. Yep. Yeah. See, this is what happens when lactose intolerant bandits get uh, get a hold of (laughs) ransomware. Actually, you know, I saw not long ago, I can't remember if we talked about this, but I have a little, um, uh, I like to watch, <laughs> oh, I'm going to so regret admitting this. I like, <laughs> I like, <laughs> I like to watch, no, I like to watch um, videos of people exploring uh, abandoned mines. And uh, there was like in the, you know, this, the old West and things, there are old gold mines and things like that. And some of them are fascinating. And there was one I saw recently where they went in a mine and the mine was full of provisions that had been tucked away in this mine by the government in case of a nuclear war. Mm-hmm. And they were still in there. There were still tins full of crackers and cheese and water and um in the days when 
nuclear war was a possibility. That was something the government was doing. And I, I found that it was fascinating. And I cannot believe that I actually learned something this week that ties in directly with that, which is just shocking to me because I did not expect to talk about mines. But I did hear that there is a father-son duo who go around exploring mines to try to find old pairs of genes. Oh, yes. Because genes yes. were initially made for miners and they often – uh, took extra pairs down with them, or, or if uh, there was a leak or something, they would tie their jeans around the pipes because they were yep. great material for it. And there's all these like 100-year-old pairs of jeans down in these shafts that are worth incredibly large amounts of money. Crazy. It's true. Yeah. On today's yeah. mind Every talk. now and then they come across yeah, they come across <laughs> clothing. They come across old newspapers. No, and miners graffiti, you know, there's mm -hmm. stuff. Now, if now if you really want the old mines, you got to go to Europe because uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they got some history that goes back farther than 200 years. So, uh, yeah. So next week on Mine Talk. <laughs> no, it's 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 interesting. It's fun. I, I, I just find it fascinating, um, I guess, because I'm the kid who, you know, when I was I don't know, 10 years old, I used to crawl around in all of the drainage pipes in the neighborhood so I could get from one side of the neighborhood to the other without anybody seeing me. I don't know. I'm weird that way. So I would love to read an autobiography, Dave. I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> from crawling around in shafts to I, music man to yeah, cybersecurity I've, expert extraordinaire, the story I've, of Bittner. Yeah. <laughs> the I, true fur. <laughs> I've lived an interesting life so far and uh, done done many things, tried many things. Uh, yeah, yeah. <sighs> All Maybe right. someday. And finally, Ken wrote in and he said, in a recent episode, he discussed the practice of snatching and ransoming domain names. An example just happened to get mentioned in Hacker Newsletter today. This is good for a chuckle. And as you are probably aware, aware we're getting a Space Jam 2 because one, <laughs> yes. one was not enough. And uh, they did not secure the domain name rights. Unfortunately, and it is uh, quite hilarious. Mm -hmm. Yes, I'm yeah. tempted to buy some of this jam. This is one of the greatest <laughs> things I've ever seen. It really, really is. Oh, yes. Yeah. If jam isn't your jam, but still like spacejam2.com, you can buy our website for a nominal fee. Buy we're, our website. Yeah. We're looking at best offers with proceeds going to charity. If you'd rather deal with us directly, email us at blah, 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 and you can add it to the cart for the tune of $1 million. Nice. <laughs> Nice. Very good. Uh, before we go, I want to give a shout out to the Sticky Pickles podcast, which I was a guest on recently. Uh, it's a podcast created by Carol Terrio, who is uh, uh, often a correspondent on some of our shows. She lives over in the UK. She's actually a Canadian living in the UK, uh, cybersecurity expert herself, but she has a, a project called Sticky Pickles, and it's all about what happens if you get it? Find yourself in a sticky pickle. What would you do? So I would call it um, cringe humor, and uh, I was a guest on that show. So if you if that's your sort of thing, uh, check it out. I'd like to see them get a little bump in their numbers. Very cool. I could have swore you said the host was Denny Terrio, and I was like, oh, well, that <laughs> dance thing's coming back. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh, boy. Again, like I said, I want to read that biography. I yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, I got my solid gold <laughs> dancer outfit uh, on right now, the gold lame. It's yeah. lovely. That poor man could not afford the top three buttons on any shirt. <laughs> <laughs> or chest hair wax. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good times, good times. All right, guys, that's what we got. I'll talk to you next time. Closing shout out. 
over at Patreon, we've got nobody. We've got crickets. Chirp, 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 chirp. <laughs> just a quick reminder, if you do follow us over on Patreon, you do get the show early with no ads. Just saying. It's and a plus. It, it is a plus. And, uh, oh, and in high, high definition, too. Make it even bigger. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Listen to our dulcet tones. Over at PayPal, we've got Ralph, Mark, Michael, Sloan, Andrew, Miles, Linda, Natalie, Andrew, Breed, and Michael. Thank you all so much. Thank you. And no iTunes reviews this week either. Nope. No iTunes nope. reviews. Sad Christmas. But what's also sad is the arc light here in Los Angeles is gone. It's, they're not coming back. All Arclight theaters, all Pacific theaters, yeah. they, are, uh, they are gone. So we'll be stuck with AMC. Uh, you and I spent a memorable, felt like 24 hours at the Arclight once, watching yes. the two extended versions of Lord of the Rings before the world premiere of the third one. Yeah. I'll always remember that. Um, lots of I, I saw a ton of movies at the Arclight Hollywood when I was younger. So oh, yeah. Sad to see it go. I lived, I lived like, you know, a quarter mile from there. So it was that was the go-to, especially when they opened the bar up at night. You could go and drink in the yes, movies. Yes, the bar. It was the first uh, theater I'd ever gotten boozed up at, uh, legally, I might add. Yeah, legally. Exactly. Exactly. There, those Bloody Marys, man. We had so many Bloody Marys during that Lord of the Rings fest. So many bathroom runs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, that will still truly be missed. Truly be missed. Until next time, I'm Jason DeFilippo. And I'm Brian Schillmeister. Thanks for listening to Grumpy Old Geeks. If you enjoy the show, please consider visiting GOG.show slash donate to help us keep the lights on and we'll love you forever. Show notes for this episode are at GOG.show slash 503. From there, you can find all the links we talked about in this episode and other podcasty stuff. You can also head over to GOG.show slash contact and send us your feedback or questions that we can read on the air. And if you're so inclined, please head over to GOG.show slash review and toss us a five-star and snarky review. If you don't follow us in your podcast player of choice, just go to GOG.show slash follow, where you can find convenient links to every podcast player so you can get the show as soon as it drops. And if you know someone who has too much hope in their hearts and a spring in their step, then definitely tell them about the show. Misery loves company. Stay grumpy. <laughs>